Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here with my guest, Dan Combs, a known figure here in Bloomington, politician, school teacher, a man of a few hats, and he is the trustee of Perry Township. Thanks for coming on, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for having me in. You know, Dan, it always puzzles me, what does a township trustee do? We are the grassroots link of Jeffersonian democracy. He divided America into six-mile squares, um, 36 square miles. Those were townships. And each township in the Northwest Territory had a trustee, the most local elected representative there was. Um, when I was a child, I went to township schools in Harrodsburg and Smithville, ran by the townships. Now what we do, what I do, um, is 99% work with low-income people, uh, we work with the sheltering groups, we work with the uh, feeding groups, we also have a direct relief program that somebody who cannot pay for a necessity comes in, makes an application. Um, it's not a, it's not a um, entitlement program, it's a very subjective program. Um, we've been recognized around the state for what we do, and I, I feel pretty good about it. I've been doing it since 1986. It's an elected position. It's an elected position. How long are the terms? Four years. Um, and there's a township board. Uh, it used to be called the advisory board. It's not called that anymore, but it's township board. They're the fiscal body. They set the budgets. They pass resolutions, ordinances, but they don't order spending. They can't order spending. Governor Daniels tried to get rid of township trustees. It was the biggest failure of his administration. Uh, the Kern and Shepherd report came out and said, you have a thousand units of government that nobody pays attention to, which really wasn't true. And it turned out it wasn't as rough to keep him as he thought it was going to be to get rid of him because so many people actually still use township trustees. You know, we do other things. Um, in Monroe County, there are townships, the trustees, provide fire service, fire protection service, ambulance service. They also, we mow cemeteries and take care of abandoned cemeteries, and we're the weed police, too, in residential areas. Least, the least favorite part of the job is make my neighbor cut his yard. But a song we sing Fears the way we die You can make the mountains ring Or make the angels cry Though the bird is on the wing And you may not know Township Assistance Program, you know, we're recognized. The county commissioners are very happy with us. Um, if we screw up, someone can order um, 
an appeal and the county commissioners hear it, they've never overruled us. Um, and we're always very detailed. We've never had a negative finding in our audits. Um, but the people who come in asking for assistance are the people that a lot of us don't want to sit by in restaurants and things like that. Um, but a lot of them are also people, substitute school teachers, um, mm -hmm. people who have just been pushed out of the marketplace. And the working poor. The working poor. Mm, yes, somewhat. A lot of it is the non-working poor. Yes. The people who've just ran out of options. So we're, we're, we're very sensitive to disparate groups. Some people call them oppressed groups. Some of them call them forgotten groups. But um, I've matured, I believe. Uh, used to, I was pretty strong on self-initiative and self-reliance. Uh, but anymore... Uh, let's see, what's his name? Tom Laughlin, Billy Jack. Mm -hmm. The Billy Jack movies we grew up with in the 1960s and 70s, Billy Jack said, one thing you don't ever want to do is get mad at a snake for being a snake. <laughs> and there's a lot of wisdom in that, you know, and we kind of, we, our clients aren't snakes, but if they're addicts, that's not necessarily their fault. And mm -hmm. it's taken a long time for me to get to that part. People like forced, um, Gilmore from Shalom Center, yeah. other agencies, um, we've talked so much, and it's just been an awakening that sometimes, even though we think things are in our control, they're not even close to being in our control. Some may come and some may go, he will surely pay When the one that left us yet Returns for us at last We are but a moment sunlight Fading in the grass Come on people now Smile on your brother Everybody get together Try to love You know, speaking with uh, Charlotte Zitlow, she talked about when she came into city government back in about 1971-72, there was, at that time, a move to tweak how the township trustees helped people in need. What the township trustees did at the time was literally give food commodities boxes of stuff to people and then there was a move to say well why don't we just give them a check or a card something to help them pay for their grocery shopping and we've came almost 360 on that um honestly my grandparents grew up in a corner of appalachia so poor they didn't have coal and two weeks every summer i lived out of boxes of commodities that's what they lived on wow and um, then when we came into office uh, Pauline Dyer was the director of community action program and we were the first township to start dispensing commodities all over again. They had gone from dispensing commodities to giving vouchers and letting people buy right. and then 
um, Pauline, uh, she was just really a great person. She said, you know, maybe you can do both. So we started our program. Anyone who applied for food assistance got a voucher and a box of commodities. Now we have our own food pantry ah. um, on South Walnut for Perry Township residents. And we go through about 10 tons of food a year that we get from Hoosier Hills. Um, lately, because they've been low, we've been going out on shopping trips and buying things in bulk. But if you come in and you need food, well, you're going to have to do this state application to get the voucher. And that's the big thing. I mean, we may know these people. We see many of them every month. But if you want a voucher to go to a grocery store, you have a nine-page application that the state mandates every blank be filled in yeah and so we try to work around that we you know have, sometimes bureaucracy is not our friend yeah correct me if i'm wrong but if if someone's really down on their luck can they come to you and say i need some cash no cash is uh -huh. the one thing that never exchanges hands um we food utility shelter medicine Anybody who needs those things who qualifies, and the qualifications, again, are semi-subjective. We try to be consistent. They apply, and we go directly to the vendor. If you can't pay your rent, we agree we're going to give you a few hundred bucks worth of rent help. We contact the landlord. We send a voucher to the landlord. It brings it back. He gets the check. Uh, grocery stores get a voucher for food. Doctors get vouchers for medical care. That's... Mm -hmm. Not happened very much. Vim really took the pressure off of medical. That was a huge need. And um, now with the expansion of Medicaid, mm -hmm. we don't see much medical. We bury paupers still. It's, that's what it's called, pauper funerals. You right. know, we don't like that language. Uh, but the alternative is indigent funerals. So, I mean, we couldn't gain anything by using the other um, approved legal language. But people die on the street, literally. And yeah. the coroner comes and calls us and says, you know, this person is here and they have to be put in some form of eternal rest. Yeah. And uh, we have the county trustee association. We have agreements with the funeral homes that they will provide a cremation or a burial. We get a reduced rate for it. And that's, I don't want to say it's a growing concern, but it's a growing concern. The heroin epidemic we have seen, I mean, we've, last year, I mean, normally we bury maybe eight or nine people. Last year we buried 18, I believe. You know, somebody has to do it. Uh, you know, we, we try not to write them off when they're alive, and the idea of writing people off when they're passed on is, you know, I'm still a good Rooseveltian liberal. Yeah. I used to think when I started, we're saving people. And then I thought, well, no, we're stabilizing people. And now I think what we're doing is we stabilize the rate of descent back into crisis. Uh huh. And um, every client's application is reviewed by me, as well as their written determination of what we're going to do with that case. We write really extensive case management plans. There aren't very many programs in the state we don't know about that might be able to help a person do anything from get job training to get prescription discounts, um, things of that nature. So we spend a lot of time, I spend a lot of time second guessing my employees. <laughs>
Dan, is Indiana unique in maintaining this kind of extensive township system? Indiana has the most developed township system in uh, the U.S. Nowhere else. Illinois actually has a benefit program for residents, but it's an entitlement. It's like they run a commodity program, things of that nature. Um, but no, not exactly like this. Massachusetts still has township trustees, but they do different things. Um, fire departments, I don't want to say they're universal, but east of the Mississippi, volunteer fire departments and township trustees pretty much are always in the same breath. Yeah. As you move out west, yeah, it changes. But east of the Mississippi, there's still a lot of township government and uh, Michigan. And periodically people go, well, why do we need this layer of government? And I said earlier, I'm a Jeffersonian Democrat, you know, and I believe that we need people more closely to the people. Uh, one of the things we forget about, the, ten, the Bill of Rights is 10 amendments, but there were 12. Right. And one of those was no one will represent more than 50,000 people. They thought back then that that was about the maximum anybody could communicate with their constituency and come up with a reasonable compromise that would represent everyone. So uh, my constituency is 45,000 people. Hmm. Bloomington Township is 38,000 people. Richland Township is around 20,000 people. But you can call, um, and I guarantee you that'll be the hour that I'm not there, but I get back really well. Um, if someone has an issue, you know, my staff is incredibly competent. Everybody's got... 20, 25 years, not just in township government, but in local government. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, we're all Democrats. We're all depressed about what happened at the national level. However, in Monroe County, we own the local level of government, and I can guarantee you, you will interact far more regularly with local government than you will with Washington, D.C. Of course, And yeah. so, you know, we want us to be here doing what we're doing. If you hear the song I sing, you will understand. Listen. You hold the key to love and fear, all in your trembling hand. Just one key unlocks them both. You know, I understand you were a school teacher. Yes. And you're retired now. Yes. When did you retire? Uh, 2014. 2013, I was diagnosed with degenerative disc 
disease and started having regular surgeries that would knock me down for a long period of time. And the, they were switching over to an all-digital format, and I'm, a, I'm old and cantankerous, and I wasn't crazy about that. But when I realized not only was I going to learn a new format for just five more years of my career, I was going to be in pain most of the time. Yikes. And that just sounded like a really good time to not be teaching. I miss the kids. I don't miss being afraid of opening email. Mm-hmm. You know, that really became a stretch there at the end because of just you never knew if you were getting a new directive from somebody or whether you had a parent who was helicoptering over their children. Um, I enjoyed it. I started teaching at Wabash Valley State Prison, um, a high-level security prison over in Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Sullivan had 2,000 offenders in it, and I spent a year there, commuted every day, and then came back to the township office at 2 in the afternoon. And What, what do you mean teaching at, at a prison? Uh, how does one teach at a prison, and why? You teach with both your eyes open and your ears open. Um, they have education programs. Wabash Valley was for violent offenders at the time, and there was a local man um, who recruited me. He was a volunteer recruiter, and he had seen what we had done with homeless people here in Bloomington, so he asked that I go to Wabash Valley not just to teach. I taught middle school. That was my official job. I was on the staff of Vincennes University, and I taught middle school classes, GED classes. But then once every five or six weeks there would be a new parole class these guys are going to get out in the next three or four weeks and they've been locked up 20 years they need some notion of how to exist on the outside world so that's what they recruited me for Hmm. was to teach um transition it was called that was an eye-opener what kind of things do you have to impart to these fellows in this transition program how to write a check or no, um, that was part of it, but the bigger part of it was how to behave. Just just things that we all take for granted. They have been locked up for so long, um, and prison is an underground. Everybody's got a scam going. Yeah. But just, you know, guys, it, everybody's going to take a drink, but if you take a drink, first thing you want to do is throw your keys in a pond somewhere. Uh-huh. And make sure you can't get behind the wheel because you already have a record. You're on parole. If you get caught, you're going to come back. Just things that we all understand. Um, and most of them didn't have that kind of education. Um, goes into, uh, did a lot of studies uh, while I was there, but it goes into um, frontal lobe development, things yeah. like that, being able to see consequences of actions. And... Uh, it translates fairly well into working with the disadvantaged population that we work with. Um, it's a really immediate thing for those people. Is well, you know, they're getting evicted tomorrow. I don't, you know, if, well, what, what's your long-term plan? Don't get evicted tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was that same mindset in uh, the classes that I taught. That you know, it's tomorrow I'm worried about. You know what? history history was a long time ago let me tell you why i'm here uh, it was an education you know i mean I, we're never too old to stop learning and to stop changing and uh, i've been asked to go back and it just no it was too negative it was the most negative environment i've ever been in um, i didn't wear a uniform so i wasn't a corrections officer 
I wasn't convicted of anything, so I wasn't an offender. We were just this tweener population of civilians who wandered around the prison with our eyes and mouths open watching the biggest show on earth. Was there a sense of respect for you? Yeah, that was one thing. Um, even among the corrections officers, it wasn't just the offenders, was they knew we were educated. And this was in the 1990s before the teachers had undergone the last 20 years of diminishment um, by the press and the right wing. And yeah, there was a lot of respect. I never felt threatened, even though, you know, I had mother stabbers, father rapers, the, yeah, whole, yeah. the whole group W bench from Arlo Guthrie. And um, they just, you know, and guys, if someone looked off to us, there would be another offender that would come in and know, you know, this guy brings us something. And, you know, taking ownership of it. When we, we partner, like with Community Kitchen, with Shalom Center, um, New Leaf, New Life for offenders getting out at the township. We provide facilities or money. Uh, we've done facilities over the year, but that's what we've encouraged in those organizations is that the clients take an ownership and do the protection. Um, you see it at uh, Community Kitchen a lot. It's, hey, don't screw this up. I come here for dinner. You know, and New Leaf New Life is that way too. They're on our campus on South Walnut. We provide them with space. And their guys, if there's anything, I mean, a truck pulls in with commodities or food that needs unloaded, they're out there. And, you know, they don't let people hang out and smoke because, no, you know, this is our space here. And you can really do some damage if you just don't mm -hmm. stay within the structure. Now, Dan, you were talking about uh, in your school days being a little concerned about uh, new technologies and so forth, yet the way I found out about you is through social media. You're a man who is big on social media, and what I found out is your nickname is Carp. Where the heck does that come from? It comes from getting out of the Army and getting unemployment for the only time in my life and going fishing. And I fished, and I fished, and um, that was back. There was a movie, uh, The Great White Hope, about a boxer. Yeah. And I became the Great White Carp Hunter. <laughs> uh, my brother actually named me that. And then it's gone through ser several variants. And so for 30 years, I've been carp. I wrote um, columns before the HT, the Herald Times, got their neighborhood columnist. Right. I wrote columns for five years, twice a week with them, under carp combs, and... I'm just used to it, you know. If 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 it's someone who calls me Danny because my name is Dan, Danny I know is someone I went to grade school with, um, and Dan is this formal guy who does politics and gives speeches. And Carp's this rock on tour, this guy, you know, Hilljack, a rustic. I'm, I want to be one of those guys that the tourists see when they drive through the county and go, "Well, there's a real rustic," <laughs> and, you know. So I and I. He wears okay. suspenders. <laughs> I wear suspenders. I wore them long before I met the Amish. And yeah. They uh, wore a fedora, too. They, um, I have quite a collection of fedoras. No kidding. Yeah, I have a pinkish purple one with uh, with white and black spots on it. Oh, my. It's a, it's a treasure. <laughs> that sounds psychedelic. It is. It is. <laughs> and the Amish gentleman that made it for me. I'd never seen anything like it when I kept telling him to add little trinkets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
life is fun, you know, for most of us it should be. And I'm retired from getting up at 5.30 in the morning now, so I think I'm going to have fun. Yeah. It occurs to me that throughout this entire interview, I've been calling you Dan. And, of course, as you say, your nickname is Carp. Can I call you Carp from now on? Would that be better? Would that be more comfortable? You will just be one of a great number of people who do that. All right. Then you're Carp. I'm Carp. I have several photos of me by the Owen County Town of Carp sign. And I have a lot of photos where people drive by and just take a picture of the sign by itself and send them to me. Uh, I never delete them. And, you know, we all have our little, we're all someone else. You know, very few of us are just one person. And I've been really lucky in my life to do a lot of different things. And each one of those things is a different person. I can't imagine I walked into that prison for a year every day when I spent most of my teenage years and early 20s trying to stay out of that prison and then to reverse it and go in and go wow you know it taught me i didn't know what i was playing with back then boy oh boy yeah now carp is there anything else you might want to talk about is there anything you'd like to say is there anything i'd like to say well yeah i think that we have to stop shouting at each other And the other thing, and I'm on Facebook social media, we have a tendency, those of us who are comfortable in whatever it is we do, to start diminishing others. And I just got it after Black Friday. I got a little meme on Facebook, people of Walmart. And we treat that section of society like there's something in a zoo, something for us to look at, analyze their behavior, Where's the anthropologist? And I would really like to see us stop drawing those boxes to make people fit into. I know we ne- we never will. Right. But it troubles me. Huh. So the next time you're on Facebook and the people at Walmart come through, yeah, you know, it could have been us. Could have been. Yeah. Well, Dan Carp Combs trustee of Perry Township here in the great county of Monroe. Thanks for joining us on Big Talk. Okay, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it.